and welcome back to Green Cows Don't Fly, episode two. And I'm here again in the green room and I've got B with me. How are you today, B? I'm good. And um, just to remind people, you're John. Oh, yes, I'm <laughs> you John. You introduce yourself. No, I didn't. I'm very forgetful. Very forgetful. <laughs> I just walked through the cafe thing and, you know, that cake counter over there. They have mm. these, um, what do you call them, these little chocolate cornflakes balls oh yes oh yeah yeah i know the thing you mean yeah you're the ones you make as a child yeah yes you can't bake (laughs) but yeah rice krispies as well you do them rice krispies yeah yeah it's quite amazing really because you think that if you sell cake you have something fancy but yeah they've got Mm. some of those which reminded me have you ever seen anything weird in a cornflake like have you ever seen elvis in a cornflake no i haven't uh but i have in the past seen strange things uh, people's faces, <laughs> people's faces appear on slices of toast and stuff like that, but not in a cornflake. Not in a cornflake yet. No. You need to start um, raiding cornflakes boxes. Yeah, why is see that? See if you can find um, I don't know. See if you can find Mother Teresa or something in there. Oh yes, yes. The thing that amazes me though about these sort of finds, and it's like when people regress as well, they don't regress as Joe Bloggs of Three Acacia Avenue in Dickensian times. They sort of come back as Marie Antoinette or. They do, don't they? Or Julius Caesar or someone like that. Yeah, they never come back as a, I don't know, pigsty cleaner or something. No, they don't. It's always so, so, something rather grand. Bodicea or something like that. And it's the same yeah. with these things that appear on things, isn't it? You know, they, it's always Christ. Joan of Arc. Joan of Arc mm. or, you know, I don't know, Henry V or something like that. Must be wishful thinking. Must be something in the human psyche that... Um, I think so, yeah. We just try and big ourselves up, basically, don't we? Deep down, yeah. there's a kind of a there's a desire to be greater than perhaps we are. Yeah, I think it's accepting the fact that how insignificant we are, like one of many cornflakes in the box. Isn't it? <laughs> yes. And that's all for uh, philosophy today, folks. Make sure you tune in next week when we'll be discussing even bigger issues, like um, world peace or oh, the meaning of God or something. Yeah, yeah, I'll read up about that. Yes. <laughs> and we'll we'll give our we'll give our uh, views on it next week. But before we uh, start this week, I think we need to um, do a little bit of a recap of the last week's chapter, what yeah. we've got so far in the story. Yeah, I agree. Catch up. So what do we have? We have Grandolf, who owns a pub called the All Evil Arms. Used to be an actor, but he's no longer an actor. He now brews his own blackcurrant wine. Yes, he does. God, sounds awful. And he does even more awful things. He has um, already killed a few uh, Russians and he's dumping their bodies out back. In a dumpster. A very strange dumpster. Right, but we better do some work this week now. I think we better have. So we gave Brian uh, more prompts. Our lovely Brian. Yeah. He did such a grand job last week reading, didn't he? He, he did, and i tell you what, he, <laughs> he's taken to wearing a green velvet smoking jacket as well. I think it's going to his head. He hasn't had any work for years, you know. Well, and he did have that attitude last week, didn't he? He did. Uh, I can see it could be tricky if we don't treat him right. Yeah, we must give him a dressing room, his own dressing room with his own star on the door and uh, maybe <laughs> champagne and truffles and fl- flowers, maybe. He might like flowers. Oh, and the blackcurrant wine. Blackcurrant wine. He probably needs, doesn't he? <laughs> he does. He needs his blackcurrant wine. Uh, yeah. Shall we hear what he's been up to? Hold on to your pants and listen to chapter two. So if it's not too much trouble, Brian, can we uh, ask you to do your stuff? But of course. My pleasure.
Chapter 2 Drunk in the Attic Grandolph's heavy breathing echoes through the hallway of the pub. Wheeze gasp wheeze gasp. Dumping Russians is hard work. I need my elixir, he thinks. By elixir, he means his blackcurrant wine in the loft. Hang on a minute. Wheeze gasp? How unfit is this guy? Well, these Russians are heavy, you know. Well, how, how do you know? <laughs> well, I've, I've, how many I've, Russians have you lifted? <laughs> I've thrown a few in a dumpster in my time. Oh, yes. Bury them where? <laughs> Can't say. Under your lawn or something. Can't say. And why is he keeping blackcurrant wine in the loft? I don't know. I mean, it doesn't... It's, he's not the sharpest tool in the box, is he? Because, you know, you've got all that stuff up there, haven't you? I'm sure he goes off in the heat, doesn't it? And that as well. Maybe all will become clear. Maybe. Maybe it might, the heat might actually improve it. Grandolf pulls down the loft ladder. He has a certain set of skills, and he is planning on using them. In fact, he has three special skills. He can open wine bottles with his thoughts. He can also make people trip and fall. And he can unblock toilets with his thoughts. No need for dino rod. He calls them his telekinetic superpowers. Ooh, we've got ourselves a bit of a Liam Neeson character there, haven't we? Mm, sounds a bit sinister, doesn't he? Yeah, oh, he's got a certain set of skills, or a particular set of skills. I will find you. And I will kill, kill you. you. <laughs> <laughs> but the, um, you know, the diner rod, I mean, really, that kind of took the um, action bit out of it, didn't it? Spoiled it a bit, you know, you can't imagine old Liam Neeson turning up in a set of overalls and saying, well, where's your blockage, mate? Uh, <laughs> I will find it, and I will unblock it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No, I can't see that. Mind you, I could have done with old Grandolf around here with his, with his skills, just stood there by the toilet, and whoosh, away it went. Well, you've been um, having too many curries again, have you? Uh, not Blocking. Not so much of curries, but we have, a, we have a root ingress. That's what we've had. Root, yeah, little roots getting into the pipework. Not very good. But I think oh. I finally zapped it away, so that's good. But the um, certain set of skills is a bit not the most useful, isn't it? I mean, how often do you need to um, uncork no. a bottle with your thoughts? <laughs> He's not exactly the X-Men, is he? No. But tripping and falling, making people trip and fall is quite handy. It is. That's, very, that's got great comedic value. I can think of many people that, that skills should be used on frequently. And why doesn't he just um, think win lottery? Give me new Mercedes. I mean, I'd be, I'd be trying all sorts myself. Yeah, you would, wouldn't you? But mm. you never know. Maybe he will. Let's hear. His supernatural powers started a few years ago when he was co-starring in a Sylvester Stallone movie. Stallone played a hero called Cyril, and Grandolf played a tough man called Bronx. Grandolf found shooting the movie very difficult, as he couldn't understand a word Stallone said during their scenes because of his American accent. So, to allow Grandolf to hit his cues properly, the crew rigged up illuminated caption boxes, just out of shot above Stallone's head, showing Stallone's lines in intelligible English. Well, see, he's old school, Grandolf, isn't he? You know, he's only acted with Dea Dea, Johnny Gilgood and Larry and people like that. And, of course, the American accent threw him, didn't it? But it's not that hard to understand an American accent, isn't it? No, not really. I mean, but he, maybe he was being precious. So they've given them, given him some little, um, you know, the autocue type stuff, have they? Apparently? Yes, little boxes, I think, above his head. But if it was me, I'd have been clever. I'd have sort of made them wear top hats and put little screens in them. 
Then I was just looking up above the... You couldn't see above the top hat. Write it on the foreheads. <laughs> or their hands. Up I their mean, sleeves. I've done plays and stuff where people mm. never bothered learning lines and it's a bloody nightmare. It yeah. really is. I mean, I was, I was in this play with this one woman. She just, because the first scene and the last scene of the play was very, very different. I mean, similar. And she hadn't bothered learning her lines very mm. well. So she went from the first scene straight into the ending of the whole play. <laughs> I try and save that. About to die, you know, in the ending. I was supposed yeah. to die. And she was straight into the ending. I was like, oh, God. So I gave her prompts to try and, you know, cue her back into into the rhythm of the play. Oh, it was awful. Mime, but... I feel for Grandolf there if he doesn't understand Stallone. But never mind. Anyway, mm. let's get on. Of course, this added to what had already become a frosty relationship between the two. Not only did Grandolf find this seriously ruined his own performance, but he felt it also cheated him out of a chance to win Best Supporting Actor at the following year's Oscars. That coveted accolade went to Brad Pitt instead. He was furious, that's Grandolf who was furious, not Brad Pitt. Brad was chuffed to bits. Hey, that was a nice touch, wasn't it? What's that? Why well, give us some helpful pointers there in the text, you know, we didn't know who was Grandolf, we didn't know who was Stallone, it was all very helpful. You mean Brad and, you know, Brad, the confusion with Brad there? Yes, exactly. And then what about those names? Cyril. Cyril? I couldn't imagine. I can't imagine Mr. Stallone not being very happy about being told he's being called Cyril. Yeah, he must have moaned. I mean, I would if they called me, you know. Cyril. Yeah. Well, obviously. <laughs> well, Bronx. I mean, he should have been Bronx. Well, Stallone should have been Bronx, shouldn't he? Yeah, I think Brian got that the wrong way around there. Yeah, I think he? he did. He must have just pressed on regardless, though. Must have been stuck for time. Maybe, you know. <laughs> get a you up, <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, couldn't, couldn't stop bless that. you. Yeah, thank you very much. Shouldn't anyway, we shall we continue listening to the rest? I think we ought to. Also, in one of the scenes, Bronx saved Cyril's life. But Grandolf didn't think Sylvester acted grateful enough, so Grandolf got furious, even though he knew deep down that Sylvester was the superior actor. Grandolf thought, arrogant man. He's never been on the London stage. I wish he'd trip and fall flat on his face. And that's what he did. He tripped and fell on his face, Stallone that is. Grandolph was very surprised, but also bemused. From then on, Grandolph made Stallone fall over a lot to get his own back for Stallone messing up his performance. It was all fun, for Grandolph that is, but not so much for Stallone until the producer got so fed up with Grandolf that after they wrapped the shoot, he blacklisted him in the Hollywood film scene. Grandolf would never work in the film industry again. Stallone did. That made him grumpy. His career was over, so he bought the pub, and started brewing wine. Grandolf, that is. He's a bit of a piece of work, that Grandolf, isn't he? A bit of a prima donna, keep making Stallone fall over. Yeah, well, it's a bit sneaky, but it is funny, though. I mean, just imagine the scene. Stallone comes on set, machine gun blazing, going to sort of take somebody out, all of a sudden he falls over. <laughs> Quite slapstick, really, isn't it? <laughs> Not so much. It's, yeah, more like Laurel and Hardy than, uh, I don't know, than Rocky. It's a bit. <laughs> but the blacklisted in Hollywood, I mean, he could have... I mean, that's a bit melodramatic, isn't it? That you can start a pub afterwards. It is. It's a bit, quite a change, isn't it? 
Yeah, he could have gone back on stage. It doesn't mean you have to give up a career. Yes, he could have been in the West End, couldn't he? he could have exactly. Done a he could have done a farce or something like that, you know? Yeah. <laughs> he could have starred in, whoops, there goes me gym slip or something like that, I don't know. Anyway. That's when Grandolph's bottle opening powers started. All he did was think, open bottle, and the cork shot out. He still wishes he had had that skill on the film set already, he could have shot Stallone with a cork. The toilet unblocking powers came when he suffered diarrhea. He doesn't want to think about that. Yet he often had recurring dreams about it, dreams which also featured Stallone, which, of course, added to his general disturbed state of mind. The only good thing was that in his dreams, Stallone played only a walk-on part. So you know these um, bottle-opening powers he's got on the trip and fall power and thing? Yeah. Who would you use that on? Well... Anyone, you know, would you use that on anyone? Other than me. <laughs> I, yes, I would. Well, not so much... Well, <laughs> not so much a trip, not so yeah. much a bottle-opening. I'd use the bottle-opening power on myself, really. That'd be quite handy. But uh, the trip and fall one, oh yes. <laughs> Oh, yes. I could see a lot of people I'd like to make trip and fall, particularly in the workplace. People who would stand up and really annoy me, and I'd love to see them walking to a podium and go on arse over tit, basically. That would suit me fine. Yeah, but then it would just, they would just sue the employer, wouldn't they? It's like, accident at work. Well, they would, but it would make that, you know, they'd lose face, wouldn't they? That's the thing, you know, they, they wouldn't be able to trot their drivel out quite the same level of self-assurance. And any, have you ever dreamt of Stallone since he's um, dreamt of Stallone? Have you ever dreamt of Stallone? No, no, I, I, I haven't, no. I hope not. Well, of course, Stallone's the archetypal hero. He sets a real high bar. Let's see if um, Grandolf can measure up. OK, let's. Then the really bad dreams began. He started dreaming about the death of humanity and Armageddon, and about a talisman that will save humanity. Unsettled, Grandolf put the dreams down to having had too much wine which is his own blackcurrant vintage he brews in the loft of the pub. Grandolf likes his powers as much as his wine. He likes to think that Stallone would be jealous of him. Yeah, oh, that would be one in the eye for Stallone if Grandolf's wine took off, wouldn't it? You know, if it was a global brand all of a sudden. The Grandolf vintage. Yeah, Chateau Grandolf. Chateau. <laughs> Quite a name to it, hasn't it? Because they're all trying to do that, you know. All trying to do that, all the big A-listers, Stallone and all. Yeah, I thought you were going to say something else there a moment when you said Chateau. It sounds a bit like, you know, I'm not going to say what it sounds oh. like. <laughs> Could have done with his diner rod powers there, perhaps. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. But yes, you're right. They did. Um, they did do um, uh, wines, didn't they? Some stars. They did. And, uh, and uh, restaurants. Even the Peter Pan of pop, Sir Cliff Richard, he did one as well. What wine? Oh yeah, he did. Yeah. Oh, didn't you know? He didn't even know that. Yes, he's a big. He's a big wine man in Portugal. Oh. So I wonder if he did well. He, oh, he does very well. Flogs it by the uh, by the lorry load. Yeah. Oh, and they're also into. Um, Restaurants, aren't they? Some famous people. Yeah, that's the thing about particularly your actors. They do like a restaurant. I think it's because they spend so much time in restaurants. Well, they just sit and eat a lot, you think, rather than work. <laughs> yeah, they sit and eat a lot. Yeah, and, and think, well, I could do with it. I could, I could, I could, if I could speak, I could say it. Uh, they sit around and think, yeah, I could do with my own restaurant. That would be great. And then they get a chef in to run it for them. Well, why not? But didn't, um, I was going to say something and I've forgotten, completely forgotten it. Something yeah, I think you, I think, of. hang on. Something about Grandolf. Mm, I'm just, I'm just going to read your mind. I'll just mind your mind. Mm, I know what you're going to say. <laughs> what? Didn't uh, Stallone and 
yes. Schwarzenegger and uh, Bruce Willis have a restaurant chain one exactly, time. Exactly, that's what I was going to say. Planet Hollywood. I thought Hollywood. you were going to say that, yeah. <laughs> Planet Hollywood, exactly. wonder if it's still about. Well, anyway, let's get going. Now he climbs the loft ladder one rung at a time. Now he's in the loft. Now he looks at all the wine labels to pick a bottle, and chooses a bottle he made three months ago. It was a good blackcurrant harvest that month, so it must be a good wine. Holding the bottle, he thinks open wine, and the cork shoots into the air. Grandolf pours himself a large glass. But there's something inside the bottle. Grandolf empties the wine onto the floor. Just a second, just a second. Pour it on the floor. Sad about. Yeah, you, 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 why doesn't he just drink it? Or put it in the decanter. Well, then you would, you would drink it. Well, well I would. <laughs> well, maybe not being black currant wine, but um, can't just pour it on the floor? No, but he, he obviously sort of gets. He spotted something in it, so he wants to see what it is. So, but you know, pour it on the floor. It's going to attract ants, isn't it? Yeah. You know, when he's on the floor, all the sugary bit. Yes, he hasn't thought that. Or the, wasps. Yeah, well, wasps. Yeah, just imagine all these ants sort of going climbing up the steps to get to it, um, <laughs> like Tom and Jerry. Mrs. Gobbins, the pub's cleaner, will give him hell tomorrow, but he doesn't care, he's preoccupied. Grandolf looks into the empty bottle. Inside is a strange device of some kind. He smashes the bottle against his head. Look, hold the bus, hold the bus. I have to say something here, because if I was going to try and get something out of a bottle, I think the least likely thing I would do would be smash the bottle over my head. <laughs> He didn't even knock himself out, didn't he? I mean, that's one way of getting a drinking headache. Well, he's not really a drinking headache, isn't he? He didn't even flinch. No, he didn't. He must be made of tough stuff. Well, he's a tough hero then, isn't he? Yeah, well, he's used to working with Stallone. I mean, he's probably got that mindset. comes naturally to him, doesn't it? Must be. But I do. I, I am a bit worried about our um, Brian kind of stuff he's coming up with. <laughs> well, that's AI. See, that's AI for you. AI's probably got all the words but not necessarily in the right order, a bit like Eric Markham that time. You do, I, I have been wondering, um, and I don't know if I've asked you this before, but if we pretend to be clever, mm. does that make us artificial intelligence? <laughs> it does probably, yeah. So we could call ourselves an AI if we pretend to be clever? We could, yeah. And then you're just bump, It's getting too deep. <laughs> bump, but yeah, let's, let's move on. Move on. The glass breaks and his head hurts, but the device falls out. It's smooth and long like a sausage. The device that is, not his head. It has a button. Grandolf decides to press the button, and whoosh, a shiny, smoke-like man-thing appears, like a genie from a lantern. The man-thing has a head and two arms, but it has three, definitely three, legs. It's male. Definitely male. Half a mo, half a mo. Are you thinking what I'm thinking? Oh, I'm not thinking anything. Er, matron. <laughs> human. It says, slurring its speech. It appears to be drunk. Grandolf's jaw drops. Is this thing talking to him? He asks, are you talking to me? The line makes him think back wistfully to his halcyon days in Hollywood. If he hadn't been blacklisted that time, his next project was to have been in an Al Pacino movie, 
Oh, hang on a minute. Wasn't that um, Robert De Niro who went? Yeah, oh, yeah. Are you oh. looking at me? Yeah, he's got his uh, he's got his um, he's got his big stars mixed up there, hasn't he? You see, he doesn't deserve a star on the Hollywood Boulevard if he doesn't even know who's who. No, he doesn't. And uh, I think you see, I think it's come more and more apparent to me that this how this AI thing works is it's got zillions upon zillions upon zillions of words and references, but it doesn't actually have the human factor of being able to sort them out. No, he just puts them out at random, do you mean? <laughs> he does. That's why he smashes bottles on his head instead of opening them, that kind of thing. It's a bit like me writing it, isn't it? <laughs> it is. A bit like this project. Some random words strung together, hoping for the best. Yeah, but a bit like this project. Let's see where he goes next, shall we? Yes. <laughs> Grandolf calls Stallone a very rude name under his breath and mentally shoots several corks at him. Are you talking to me? He asks the thing before him. Yes, I am. The man ghost is very drunk. Must be the black currant wine it was lying in. What was this man thing doing in the bottle? Drinking, clearly. Grandolf is curious and asks, who, or what, are you? I am Kreef Schlerpmsch Zero Farwank. Oh, that name could go very wrong if you say it fast while you're drunk. Very, very wrong. We could be getting blacklisted on, on certain sites. I, I am starting to worry about this um, Brian, you know. <laughs> he is. He's getting a bit carried away from himself. He's beginning to slowly but surely sort of slip certain references in, isn't he? Yeah, showing his true colours. And I think he's given us a hologram now. This does sound like a hologram to me, you know. And, and how can a hologram be drunk? That's a good question, actually. Because you don't have a metabolism, do they? And um, come to think of it, how can you actually drink wine? Because being a hologram, surely it would just go through him? Well, it might do, but perhaps he's some kind of an enhanced hologram who has bodily, corporal bits when he needs them. Oh, God, we're getting a holographic fart, are we? <laughs> we might do. <laughs> perhaps if he drinks wine, you could see it sort of going down his digestive system. That'd be quite interesting, isn't it? You could sort of follow it down to his um, kidneys and <laughs> do a scan at the same time. <laughs> it's a medical breakthrough. <laughs> anyway, let's get on with it. Grandolf blinks. A... The thing repeats itself. I shed. I am Kreef Schlerpmsch Zero Farwank, but you can call me Bob. Grandolf chuckles. Can I call you Drunken Bob? Yes. Grandolf asks, so what are you then? The man-thing straightens its back. Its face shows pride. I am a hologram of a race of beings you don't know. I'm from another per place, and I have come with an important message. Grandolf is now feeling more than annoyed he poured the wine on the floor, and not down his throat, so he asks, a message? Like what message? Bob takes a deep breath, sticks his chest out, and with a grandiose gesture, he says, we need your help. You, and only you, Spinman chosen to save, humanity. Grandolf smiles. Up yours, Sylvester Stallone. Oh, there's a bit of a cliffhanger. Humanity um, relies on Grandolf to save them. An, an unlikely hero, but, you know, nevertheless. Yeah, but can he do it? Well, it, well this is the question. You know, it's uh, a question is old this time, but uh, why not Grandolf? I suppose a um, blackcurrant brewing, drinking ex-actor who... 
has a garage against Stallone. Yeah, why not? <laughs> Teamed up with a hologram, don't forget. Oh, yes. I think we should, need, we should have um, recruited Stallone himself, really, shouldn't we? <laughs> Very mild to say of the world. Who, Grandolf? Well, no, Stallone. Confused who's who. I'm very confused as well. But I tell you what, it's going to be fun next week. I can't wait to see what old uh, what uh, Brown comes up with next week. And we've got quite good stuff here already, haven't we? We've got dead people in dumpsters, and we've yeah. got um, Grand Old Saving the World, well, humanity, and um, a drunken hologram called Bob. Bob. And uh, fantasy. Fant- pro- <laughs> Get your teeth in. And promises, and, and promises of fantasy ahead as well. Oh, we need more noir. I have to um, key in a bit more noir things um, into Brian for next time, see um, if I can um, influence him to go a bit down the murderous route yeah. a bit more. What you need to do is get him, show him a load of uh, videos of the Sweeney or something like that. That's a bit out of date, isn't it? It is, yeah. But I'm out of date. What? what I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to think. What's, what, 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 what Best current before. TV, yeah, <laughs> what current TV shows have got gratuitous violence in them? That's the thing. I don't know. Uh, Oh, um, Breaking Bad, Breaking Bad. Do you know, I still haven't seen that. Yeah, I've only seen series one and half of series two, but it's really good. Just trying to find I the time really to see I really want to see that. Yeah, it's good. Well, let's get gratuitous violence. So what you ought to do is get Brian, we get him a, a Netflix subscription and set him down in front of uh, Breaking Bad before next week. Well, isn't um, the main character called Brian Cranston who plays... Um Oh, he is. Yes, he's the actor. Yeah, Brian Cranston. Maybe it's our Brian. You never know. It could be. Could be serendipitous. Something's happened. It's all. All the the planets are in in alignment here. Anyway, on that on that note, and in that bombshell. Chapter three next week. Chapter three next week. So make sure you come back. Same bat time. Same bat channel. (laughs) Listen to the batty people. Yep. (laughs) Goodbye. Bye.